Hey ladies, welcome to Yes and Amen, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscilla's Pearl Dominguez. Let's get it. All right, ladies, welcome back to the Yes and Amen podcast. Today, um, we have a special guest that most of you already know, um, Cordelia, which um, she was our purposeful assistant here at Full Collective for almost a year. Um, and she's just incredible. So I get to share a little bit about her and welcome her um, to t- today's episode. Um, so Cordelia Paris, literally like an, a famous actress's name. <laughs> Cordelia Paris McKinney uh, is a native New Yorker born and raised in NYC and Jamaica, Queens to be exact and has strong family ties to the South um, in Georgia. She's the perfect mix of New York grit and Southern charm, yes. Although she's very uh, family oriented and spending time with friends brings her joy, she equally enjoys time alone. She's a devout Christian and a lover of all things Jesus. Without his love, grace, and favor, she's not quite sure where she'd be. People often shy away from sharing their purpose for fear of misspeaking, but Cordelia is confident that hers is to create hope where there is none. She has a bachelor's degree in mass communications and public relations and currently works in social media and customer experience. She's a worship leader at her church and a blogger, author of CordeliaParis.com, which will be in the show notes. And through all of her ventures, she aims to fulfill her purpose, which is to create hope where there is none by touching various lives and creating hope by sharing Jesus. Amen, girl. Welcome. Thanks, Pri. I am literally so excited to be here um, and to talk about all the things. Yes. Um, it's going to be great. <laughs> yes, all the things. Well, today's topic, yeah, is around purity, purity culture, um, you know, relationships, holiness, um, within, particularly within the church. Um, I think there is also like some sort of purity culture that exists outside of that um, when it comes to perhaps secular spaces or other religions, but we'll specifically be talking about in the Christian faith, what that has looked like. And, um, you know, Cordelia is sharing from a single woman's perspective. I'll be sharing from a married woman's perspective. Um, and so, yeah, we're just excited to talk about this very important topic. Uh, I was sharing with Cordelia earlier that I don't really know a lot about purity culture. Um, you know, I got married but briefly before that, I um, hadn't, hadn't even been following Jesus. So I wasn't really single and Christian for, for really ever. Um, and so, and even in being in spaces and churches, purity culture seems very like low key sometimes. So I just wasn't really aware um, of that. Uh, and so I, you know, I think it's an important thing to talk about because I know it's something that exists and it affects women um, and men. Um, in, in regards to relationships and their thoughts about themselves, their thoughts about God and Jesus and sexuality and all the things. So we're going to get right to it um, and getting into the first question, which is um, what has been your experience, Cordelia, being in church? Um, and, and for you, you've been in church almost all your life, right? So what has been your experience being in church? <laughs> Uh, when it comes to the purity culture, what has been taught to you directly or indirectly? Um, was it biblical or not? Uh, and what has been like projected, you know, to, to you, but I would also say like how you have seen to other perhaps um, single women and men um, within church and how it's affected, you know, like you and, and how you've seen it has affected other people. Um, this is a loaded question, Priscilla's. 
Uh, I've been in church my entire life. Uh, I grew up in one of the largest um, Pentecostal organizations. Um, for the sake of this conversation, I won't share exactly which organization, but um, huge Pentecostal um, church, holiness or hell. Um, very, um, I love it still to this day, but also um, I think that I could have learned a lot of things uh, differently um, as a child. Uh, and so what was my experiences from very young age was attending um, what they would call purity classes, right? Um, what huh? I'm sorry I had yes. to interrupt you I did not know you were going to say that wait what yeah. so from a very early age some from some of from about um I was like probably one of the younger kids at my church but I was so mature so they would let me go into the teenage class right and I didn't fully understand everything that was being talked about but from a young age uh in a way it was really good because what we learned was how like etiquette and stuff like that, how to sit, which fork to use, all of these things. And so that was like a beautiful thing that they taught us, right? I think those are, um, you know, if you care to know those skills, those are really good skills to have. Um, but also it talked, it, it, it focused a lot about sexual sin um, and bodies um, and, and your body and modesty um, and, um, the basis was around sexual sin, like don't have sex um, outside of marriage. That is sin, that's sin against God, that's sin against your body, um, which is true. Um, but as teenage girls, um, and I was probably like 11, that's not the only thing we should have been, you know, should have been taught. Um, don't wear clothing too tight. Um, you know, make sure your shirt is covering your breast, make sure you have on stockings and all of these rules um, for young girls when um, it kind of just made you like, made it feel like our bodies were being like um, objects. Uh, and we were doing something wrong if we didn't dress a certain way or um, if we were curious about our bodies, right? And so these are my very early beginning experience, like memories. Um, but as I grew up in church, um, I then start to be, I start to understand the same thing as as the rest of the girls in the class understood when I was like 11. <laughs> and um, it was a lot of the clothing that you wear um, and like just really heavily focused on fleeing sexual sin um, and just doing all the right things um, um, to please God. Um, but also like, you know, because like uh, being a virgin when you got married was like the best gift that you could give your husband and all of these things. Um, and I was just like, well, wouldn't being a virgin when I get married be the best gift I could give to God? Um, and isn't, um, and are y'all teaching my future husband this? Where is his class? Um, and so around like 15 or 16 years old, I decided um, that I knew what I was gonna take. I don't, I don't know where I got this, uh, I'll even say wisdom. I decided I was going to take what I knew was truth from church and then just kind of spit the rest out. Um, and so she the meat and spit the rest out. Isn't that a, like a phrase or something? And um, so I was like, okay, um, I know not to have sex, but I know it's not because I'm out here trying to make sure I get a husband or to make sure I please my mom or the pastor or anybody, but because like, I want to please God. Um, but it also um, made me really self-conscious of my body um, and 
kind of placed a bit of a fear in me to date that I didn't realize that I had this fear until I was about 20. When it came to clothing and how I felt like I represented myself in, in certain spaces, I felt like there was a standard of perfection associated with the culture of purity. And if I was not perfect in the eyes of my peers um, and or church leaders and or family, then I was failing God. So I didn't understand grace and mercy. So I remember from a young age, um, you know, seeing peers and friends I grew up with in church, um, you know, getting pregnant young and having babies. Um, and instead of being like greeted with love um, and compassion and trying to understand like um, where they were and at this time, right? Because like, um, I think there's a lot of conversation to be had around babies having babies, right? Like, I don't think the conversation should be too disciplined, but more so to feel like, okay, um, what questions do you have about your body? Like, what, like, what, why are you having sex now? Right. And not, in a. I don't even think it should be in a place of discipline. I think it should be a place of really trying to understand where um, teenagers heads are. Um, but that wasn't the case. From a place of like self-accountability, like me as this person's like leader or adult in their life, what, what narrative or what did I communicate that perhaps, um, you know, um, led them in some ways to, to do this. Right. Um, If I, even if I think I was like being, helpful or nice what tone was it from where what heart was it coming from that maybe led them you know to like in some ways like to the rebellion of choosing um this so i think there's sometimes like there's a responsibility um i think there's like extremes especially when it comes like let's say parents like parents will either like take responsibility or like none so i think there's like a balance of like yeah it's not fully your fault but like yeah you, you can still take some sort of responsibility as the adult in their life or the person who taught them certain things. Right. I, I, I completely agree. Um, but I also think along with that responsibility, um, I think that certain situations just should be handled with more, um, more care, more grace and more love. Um, just because, um, if, um, if the Bible is clear that no sin is greater than the next, and why are we about to persecute this one young child? Um, for the sin of sex out of marriage, right? Um, because we can see it, right? When the folks are here, they telling lies and they are deceitful and their hearts aren't pure. Like, let's talk about purity overall, right? Um, and so it, um, I was born, um, my mom is a single parent. I wasn't born into a married family, right? And so, um, you know, at time, it took me, um, I, it, it took me years to even consider this because I just never paid anything a lot of attention. Like, again, was chewing up the meat and spinning the rest out. Um, but around like 22 or 23, I was in church. And um, I just remember like the, the pastor or someone, you know, just speaking about babies who are born into sin. And I was just like, well, I was a baby born into sin. Am I like, or it, it, no, so I was not a baby born into sin. Um, my mother and my father um, came together and made a blessing, right? Um, and so I, I, I don't, I don't view my life as something that wasn't, that isn't um, honorable by God, you know, like or anything like that. And so um, it really kind of just uh, the culture overall and just the, the constant chatter about certain things. I guess I could say it, uh, it, it affected like um, the way I thought about myself, 
um, but also caused me to make an idol out of um, my relationship with God. I didn't really do it. I, like I was, I don't feel like, I think for a long time I wasn't living for God because I genuinely wanted to live for God, but because I wanted to be able to say that I live for God. Um, it was more so like, um, well, yeah, no, I'm saved because I don't do this or I'm saved because I don't do that. And it's just like, okay. And if you did do that, God's grace is sufficient. Um, and he can forgive you. And the people who do those things can meet you in heaven too. Right. So like, I had to really check myself on like how I was idolizing the idea of purity and, 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 and perfection and all of these things. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. No, that, um, that actually brought up a lot of things while you were sharing with me when I think of like, um, modest, modesty, right. Of like clothes. And, um, I also, so church wasn't teaching me this, but my mom was telling me this of like, um, I wore really baggy clothes when I was like 10, 11, 12. And I'm like, mom, I look crazy. <laughs> and, you know, and, um, all the girls that I was wearing, like new, like we're wearing like, you know, fitted, I wouldn't say like tight type but fitted clothes. Um, and I mean, you know, I was, I was thick <laughs> since young. <laughs> um, and so I think back now I'm like, she actually <laughs> teaching like, uh, a faith per- approach, but she was talking about it in a way of like, men in the street you know I grew up in New York like I would come home I'm walking I'm walking in the street or walking from the train to go home and like there's men in the street she's like you don't want to like tempt them to talk to you and all this stuff and um so it was more it was like such an approach of like you don't want to tempt him so that's why you dress a certain way right so it's not about God and so I think even like some conversations that I've had in adulthood with friends that are Christian um, would, would say the same thing. Like, well, I dress like this way because I don't want to tempt my brothers in Christ. And I was like, I think our focus of modesty is because we want to give God glory and honor our body for God, not because we don't want to tempt our brothers. Right. Because the reality is our brother can be tempted while right. we wear sweats and a baggy hoodie because <laughs> they have imaginations. <laughs> so and a turtleneck and that's not going to change anything right and also here's my so my with this is what are we where, what are the conversations that men are having what like right. are these men having conversations about not to women right. um about holding themselves being right. sure, holding themselves accountable mm-hmm. um in this walk and so we do all these things to uh to not tempt men but like men need to have some self-control as well. Like this is, that's not, this is not, the conversation should be equal. If we're going to be having these conversations, Mm -hmm. it should be equal on both parts. Yeah. And, and it's like to remember that, like, if we are making it about the, um, the opposite gender and and then instead of God, then that's what it is. It's become like, um, not actually about God. It's like, oh, I don't want to like tempt my brother. It's like, no, actually I'm doing this because I'm honoring God. If I don't tempt my brother in the process, awesome. (laughs) but that is not like the purpose, right? So it's like even like teaching the purpose of modesty um, uh, for what it meant, like the like a more important purpose than like, you know, what has perhaps has been taught. Um, and then how you were saying too, before like preparing men, right? For the same thing you were talking about the class you're in and like asking like, if this is something that's like also a thing with like uh, men. And I think back, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't remember conversations that my brothers were being told or taught um like around these different things um and then the last thing is like you were sharing I think 
actually you were sharing, I know I shared in the beginning of this uh, episode that I don't really have experience like with purity culture that I thought of, but that's a lot. Cause while you were talking, what came up was church camp for me when I was little. So um, I didn't go to my church's church camp until I think I was like 12 or 13. And the reason for that was that my brothers would tell my mom, they're like, hey, you know, church camp's a little while sometimes. So maybe she shouldn't go starting at 10. Church that camp. in itself just should stop my mom from sending me to church camp in general. No one could go. Okay. <laughs> not you. Right. But she still sent me. I was 13. Right. And I don't even, I can't even, I even tell you. I cannot believe I went. No, I wasn't 13. I was 15. I remember I was 15. Because it was actually this, also the summer I met my husband and I went to his church's church camp and compared it. I was like, oh, y'all, this is church church camp. My church camp was ratchet wild church camp <laughs> and I just couldn't believe the things that like I witnessed that were happening with like counselors and like you know sleepovers and stuff like that I was just like this is church camp so you know also like what I was learning about purity culture is that like Christians rebel against it right even yeah. the ones that seem like leaders of it absolutely all of my camp counselors were in at church camp um and then, you know, I went to my husband's church camp and I was like, oh, wow, this is this is really church camp. Like y'all are actually like having worship services and prayer time and, you know, kind of regulating the female male times and, you know, ratio like it was really church camp. And so right. um, I was exposed to it um, in, you know, when I was younger and actually now realizing I'm like, wow, I really that's kind of like one of the things that moved me away from the church and from Christianity, because I'm like y'all are out here and you're my counselor and you're wallin. So <laughs> right. I can't trust Christian leadership. Right. And, 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 and wallin and then like, also like not, I guess just taking ownership of their faults. Right. Know? Not at all. It wasn't like one of those things where like I slipped up and I'm human. This is what happened, but I, here's how I repented and I went to God. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that was not the case. Um, not to um, us. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, it like it was never like they came to us to like, hey, you know what we did last night, or what like what you witnessed was super responsible and like unchristlike, um, or to go to confess to like the director of the camp. It was never that. <laughs> so to me, yeah. I was like, oh, I could be a Christian and I could do that. You know, that's right. like what I saw. Yeah, um, which was so confusing. But also, like, <laughs> I joke a lot. I was safe, safe as a as a teenager. Like, I just was out here. Just uh, save, save, but also not, right? Policing people, like, <laughs> you, don't be cussing, don't be smoking weed, you're going to be a bum, all of these things, right? It's just me, like, in um, not so much middle school. I, middle school, I was like, I feel like I was like being bullied for some time. Um, but no, it, okay, middle school, being bullied because I hadn't kissed anybody or mm-hmm. stuff like that and all of these things. And I'm just like, at church, they're telling me not to kiss anybody at school. Yeah. Everybody's like, why haven't you kissed a boy yet? And I'm yeah. just like am I supposed to like, right, right. Well, I'm supposed to walk up to him and just like, how's this supposed to go? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I can't say that my experiences are the same as yours, but I definitely, um, know that that's a thing. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking about my experience with, um, with, with purity culture as a young adult and as a young adult, it is a lot of social media preachers, um, telling me, you know, not just me, right. It's not personal, but telling young, like young, um, single women or even older single women to uh, go to work, get your degree, spend time in your single season. Don't 
gate, trust the Lord. He's gonna, if you do all of these things, so um, for $19.99, you're gonna get a man. Like if you do all these things, um, you're gonna get married. That is not true. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but like, so let's go to some scripture, right? So in First Corinthians 7, like Paul literally says, like, it's better to be single than it is to be married, right? And so I was talking to a friend about this scripture one day. She's like, you know what? I, I know Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but I think he was wilding. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, girl, I hear you. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go read. I need to understand where he was coming from. And what he meant by that was, was that when you are married, your attention is divided. Um, your attention is that he talks further on, like, so early on, he says it's better to be single than it is to be married. Um, but then later on in the, in the, in the chapter, and this is first Corinthians seven, y'all, um, he talks about, um, how your attention is divided and ultimately our purpose is to serve God. Um, we are placed here to serve God. Um, and so if you're married, your attention is divided between your spouse and the world and whatever things you have going on. And so it is better to be single so that you can literally devote your time to the Lord. However, if you cannot contain yourself and your passions, then be married. But also, I think um, it's not I, I don't think it's, it's explicitly said in the scripture, but I think it's implied that if you're going to be married, you have to know that you are you, you're being held to a higher standard, to a higher esteem, because God is trusting that you can um, follow him and um and your husband um and um and and being an inspiration or be an example to the world um and, and remain all, pure <laughs> and remain pure and remain like pure. we we think that marriage is going to solve our purity lust all that issues and that's it's a not. lot because <laughs> you it's, can be unpure you know in, in marriage even though you're having you know sex right. within marriage like with what you see, what you think about, you know, your choice, even how, like, you know, how we choose to like dress and all that stuff. Like it, it applies just as much in marriage. It looks differently, but applies just as much. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Obviously I'm not married, but um, I do understand that um, being pure, like is not just something for singleness, but it is um, something for, um, for marriage as well. Um, um, but I shared that scripture to say that when the the the, so, the preachers of social media um, with the get your degree, start your business, don't date, focus on your single season, all these rules, and then you'll get married and God will send you your husband. Um, when I say that's not true, I mean, that's not true because the blessing in your single season is that you get to serve God. That is the reward. The reward is being able to spend time with God. That is what we were created for. We were created to serve the Lord. And this is not, so this is not me speaking from a place of feeling, but a place of fact, right? We were created to serve the Lord, right? And we have desires to be married. I have a strong desire to be married, to have kids and all of these things, right? Um, but I don't want to lose sight of that my sole purpose um, on this earth is to live for God, is to serve God, is to share him and is to um, is to be a fisher of men, right? And it's to bring in other women into this faith, other men into this faith, um, so that we all can be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the blessing. The blessing is being able to do that. And so this purity culture that now teaches, if you do these steps, God will honor you, or if you, you, or, or that's what the, I think that's what the, the, the social media female pre women preachers teach. But then the social media men preachers teach well you need to still be sexy and you still need to do this and you still need to do that like oh my gosh can we stop 
Can we stop? We are placing, so we are making an idol out of marriage. We are making an idol out of singleness and all of these things. And the Bible is clear, don't put any, don't put, the commandments are clear, don't put any other gods before me. And I think that we are, when I say we, I say as a culture, are there's so many gods like that we're placing before the Lord. And God help us. Um, God help me. God help the married. God help the single. This is what Paul was saying, when it's better to be single than it is to be married. You won't be distracted by the things of the world. And in these single seasons, I believe a lot of these, you know, preachers of social media are well-intentioned, but also we're losing sight of what's really important. Yeah. And I feel like in many ways too, like we're, it's, it's more like we're becoming more and more like the world. Like what you were sharing to me sounds like a step program or personal development program as if like we're calculating God. Yeah. (laughs) As if like he, he's calculable, like, right. Like that he, like, he worked right. in these steps and in these ways. Um, and, and that's just not true, <laughs> right? Um, because when we try to do that, in many ways, we're actually manipulating God. We're like saying, hey, Lord, I've done this, this, and that. Now it's your turn to do this as a response. Um, and to me, I mean, at the end of the day, that's not like, to me, that's sin, right? Because it it's, it's saying, um, well, Lord, you asked me to be holy. So I'm going to do this, this, and that to be that. And then you're going to respond with like some sort of reward. Um, and no, <laughs> right? Like he's not. Um, he is gracious and he is giving in his own timing, in his own way, right? Um, even when I think back on like me, like I didn't think I would be married till like 30, 35, um, you know, and I'm 31 and I've been married for seven years, right? Wow. So it just like is, it's, and and I didn't do it like, in the way, um, I mean, I, you know, I was, we were dating, I was engaged and we got married, but like in the way, like, um, a lot of people may even just like look at it. So it's not a math problem. It's not a formula. Um, and, and it also, it does not look the same for everyone. It does like, that's also a very, I would say toxic and unbiblical narrative to teach and preach, right? Because then people, are like they're like okay I did all this it didn't work out I'm leaving to church I'm leaving Jesus and although that's not valid that's not enough reason for people to do that if they're um you know that that may that may come up for them and that may happen because they had this understanding or expectation um that was false which is why at the end of the day I mean our bible you know our bible is our guide and when we're so focused on like receiving teaching and preaching from others and we don't match it to the word of God we it's honestly our fault it's our fault for falling for it and for listening to it so you know we can listen to anybody well we shouldn't listen to anybody and everybody but if we do it we should match it with the word of God um because then if we don't we're gonna I don't know what we're gonna be doing we're gonna (laughs) be walking around super confused um that applies to purity right like I love my mom. I think she, she um, did a really good job being a mom, but she taught. And when I think back on that thing, when I was telling about baggy, baggy clothes, I think that was a very, that was not the right way to teach me about that. And she didn't make it biblical. She didn't make it about anything else. She just, her approach and purpose to it was not um, something that edified me. Right. Um, and that, and that's, that's okay. Right. Like, thank God I wasn't like that affected by it, but we can't, everyone is still a sinner. Everyone is still like falling short and, you know, they, 
we say things by mistake and we cause people to stumble sometimes, which is why we always have to go back to the word of God, right? Like first Corinthians seven, even like how your friend was saying, yeah, Paul may have sounded like he was wilding, but it's in the Bible. So it's true. And it's yeah. meant to guide us. So even if we feel some type of way about it, it's still facts, right? No, so it, it just it. goes yeah. to like, yeah, remind us of like going back to scripture to learn about dating and relationships and marriage and purity. Um, and holiness and all of it because um there's so just too much there's a lot of chatter out there how dare we do any of this and miss god mm-hmm. we put on the show we talk about all the things we quote the scriptures the whole purpose is that god be glorified mm-hmm. um, and we I- miss our invitation of holiness i think yeah right i think um even as you were just sharing i was thinking about like uh, majority of my friends are single even I mean I'm married but a lot of people I know and friends of mine are single and I think of friends that I've known that have like had sex before marriage or are living with a you know a boyfriend or anything like that before marriage like sometimes it's a very like hidden or secretive or shameful life um, and I think those things like derail people to from holiness Um, but it only, I think it only really exists because they perhaps don't feel like they can be honest at church or with their pastors or with their Christian circles. So they keep like these secret sins hidden and it just builds, you know, shame and secrecy and all this stuff in their life. And, and when we think of like the garden, right? Like God made Adam and Eve, Um, he made image bearers, right? He made people to be holy. And the first thing they do leads them to shame. And so they're moving away from holiness instead of moving towards it. So I think it's also realizing like actually the effects that this has on us. And like, if we are in a space with friends that we feel like we can't talk to, you need, I'm not saying you need to leave those friends, but you need to find at least a friend that you can talk to about this. If you don't have pastors that you can talk to, maybe find like a counselor or someone older than you to talk about these things that you're experiencing and feeling and doing, because the longer people live like in, in like secrecy or shame, or even like on, you know, how they dress or what they, how they act or talk or what they're doing, then it just moves them away from their purpose, which is to, you know, be holy. Um, And that breaks my heart to think right now, like, I know a number of people, you know, that are living in like certain secret things when it comes to purity. Um, And I'm like, oh, I wonder like how that's just like, you know, tearing up, like tearing them apart in some ways, whether they like notice it or not, you know? All of this, y'all, if you didn't know, Priscilla is a preacher. (laughs) (laughs) Good. You're so stupid. (laughs) No, but it's, you know, it's, it's facts. I like, um, yeah, I think... I think it's just so important um, to like how you were saying, like the, the purpose is that we were created to serve God, to glorify God, to worship God, to, to love God. Um, and any and everything that moves us away from that, oof, you know, uh, in First yeah. Thessalonians, right? Four is saying like, flee from sexual sin and be holy. I would say flee from a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Mad things, like flee yeah. from... Mad, if y'all don't know what mad means in New York, we still say it. It means a, just a mad lot. Mad means like a lot. <laughs> it's crazy having to explain stuff to people not from New York. Um, <laughs> I even have to catch myself because I'm really comfortable in my New York vernacular right now. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, like Wallen, we said Wallen, you know, a few times. But even in the way we're speaking, I, I yeah. know I have enunciated my words the same way I would have <laughs> had I been sitting on a panel. 
at a, for a podcast, but it's fine because we get to show the spirit, up. Spirit um translates, you know, he's translates the spirit for us, he so does. people will understand. <laughs> and we get to be multifaceted Black women. That's not yes. Hello. Also, that's the thing. Um, first Thessalonians, you mentioned First Thessalonians. That is an interesting book because literally Paul talks about being holy um the entire time. Like the theme of the book, I think, um, in my opinion, is holiness. Um, I can't go into like specific, more specific examples besides flea sexual sin and be holy. Um, but in the the, the the chapters prior to four, um, he was telling the Thessalonians, like, you, you've been doing good. You know how to live holy. You have been living honorable lives. Keep going in your faith. Stay strong. Don't be consumed by the things of this world. I don't think those are the words that he used, but that's the overall theme from for one through three. Um, and so by by four, he was just like, okay, like, let me give you a little more detail. Flee sexual sin and be holy. You know how to be holy. You've been doing it. If you have been in any type of sexual sin, get out of that, because that's not what God calls you to. I'm going to read First Thessalonians 4, 7 to 8 that you uh, mentioned here. So he says, uh, this is CSB version. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. So it just goes back to show like we're, we're rejecting, like we're rejecting God, we're, we're moving away from our purpose and holiness and calling when we do these things. And, and I think, you know, we mentioned it a little earlier, but recognizing that purity, um, it actually has a very, can be a very broad thing, right? So yes, to the things we wear, um, to our actions, right? And how we respond to like temptation and things like that, but also what do you watch? What are you listening to? Who are you talking to? How are you speaking? I know there's a lot of like there's a lot of shows out there <laughs> these days, right? That just like on, honestly are like softcore porn, right? And so it's like yeah. recognizing it's there's a lot of things everywhere. The books you're reading, right? So it's like it can be anywhere. Pure the 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 diversion to leave purity can be anywhere and everywhere. Um, and it's our role to be present and be aware and be alert um, because the devil is crawling right. and he's lurking in all the places in the most uh, like unobvious ways and places. He's out here. <laughs> he out you. Facts. Amen. <laughs> all of them. Um, so yeah, as we, uh, you know, as we close, I would love to hear, you know, a testimony of yours. We always share testimonies in this um, podcast, um, not as a way for people to compare and, hope that they will have the same story as you, but as a way to encourage one another. Um, in Revelation 12, it says, you know, that we defeat the enemy too when we speak of what God has done in our life. And so, yeah, we'd love to hear testimony you have um, kind of like, especially in relation to this topic. I think my testimony is quite simple and it's that God has been faithful. Um, uh, for years, I thought I didn't have a testimony, right? Because when people would get up in church, you know, so I grew up in a church that did um, testimony service, right? It was just a lot of, um, uh, you know, thanking the Lord for being saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. Um, but then time to time, people would have these huge testimonies. I had a brain tumor and it was gone. Or I got hit by a car and I still can walk and all these things. And I was like, man, none of that's happened to me. So I don't have a testimony. Um, but that's not true. Um, I guess I'll share a little bit about myself. I wrote about this in the past. Um, but I grew up, um, I mentioned earlier, my mom was a single mom. So I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. 
Um, and um, as a little kid, I was a, I was a bit bitter about it, right? Um, about not having my dad present. Um, when I was about 12 years old, I attended this conference and I decided at 12 years old, I was gonna forgive my dad for being absent. Um, and, um, and I did, um, but I didn't know that that forgiveness process would be a journey, right? Because as I got older, I would be like, um, there would be moments where I would be like, man, like I just wish that there was just some male figure that would have taught me these things or would have learned these things from. And um, at 26, I can say like through my um, life's journey um, of just, I guess in certain cases, figuring things out for my own, on my own, um, God's grace has been sufficient. And I can't say everything is all perfect and that, yeah, I can't say that everything is all perfect with how I consider um, my dating life or, or or my life as it relates to purity. I don't know if this makes sense, but like through my life's journey, I've learned God's grace. Just for a long time, I did not understand grace. And not, and I don't mean that in a way to cover up um, sin, but like oh, the scripture says, like um, it's God's um, kindness that leads us to repentance, right? I didn't understand that it was God's kindness that led us to repentance. I thought it was his wrath that led us to repentance. Um, and so when I really say that I, I like God's, um, God's grace has carried me through this whole process, I've learned how to love my body um, and to be holy and modest, even if I wear jeans to church, right? Even if I wear shorts, if my skirt is short, my, if my skirt is short, right? And all of these things, I've really learned the grace of God. As it pertains to purity and singleness, I, I do desire to be married um, and to have kids or even to date long-term, right? Because I haven't done much of that. But through the process, I'm learning not to lose sight of God in that. I don't ever want to idolize any of these things and put them before God. And I know that his plans and, his, and what he has for me is good. And so I rest in that. I don't know if that's pretty much testimony. It doesn't give the, um, given out to God who's ahead of my life, led me on this journey of just really understanding his grace and his faithfulness towards me. Um, that even in a single season, if I feel alone, I'm not alone, right? That's right. Amen, girl. Amen. Um, well, thank you, Cordelia. Um, as we shared earlier, y'all could check out Cordelia's website. Um, where her blog, CordeliaParis.com, y'all can remember it because it's like a famous actress name. I always tell her that. <laughs> CordeliaParis.com. Uh, and then her Instagram and all the things will also be on the show notes. So make sure y'all check that out and follow her and support her um, and stay pure, y'all. Like, um, yes. you know, unfollow, unfollow these, these social media pastors <laughs> that they're speaking nonsense. Don't give them a, another follow or another view. Sorry. Just let's, let's stay focused in Jesus name. <laughs> um, but thank you again, Cordelia, for being with us today and be able to like, um, talk about this is really important thing. And this week, you know, it's Valentine's week in a few days and, um, you know, or Galentine's, you know, some people do Galentine's. So whatever you're celebrating, or if you're not celebrating anything at all, um, remembering um, that we get to be draw closer to God and his love is um, really what, you know, we should be focused on more than anything. Um, and then as you know, the Bible says, everything else will fall into place um, when we uh, put the kingdom of God first and put him first. So I pray that, that this episode encourage y'all to do that. Yes. Thank you again for having me, Brie. This has been great. 
Hey ladies, I hope that conversation blessed you and you're able to apply a few things that you learned into your everyday life. God is with you and we're so excited that you get to continue to grow in your faith. Make sure you check out other episodes if you haven't already and be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a rate and review and make sure to follow us on Instagram at yes and amen podcast. See you next time.